we averted a national crisis with Team USA beating Turkey in overtime. And Brazil's coach inexplicably calls out Giannis Antetokounmpo after beating Greece. And LeBron James is trademarking Taco Tuesday for a new podcast. We're going to give some other NBA players some free podcast ideas. It is the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Let's do this. You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know all about the association. And on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter. And I do the Locked On Celtics podcast. You basically have the the offseason just still rolling on for you, given Team USA and, and all of the players it- on there. I can call it the Locked On Team USA podcast. Oh, there or, you go. It's like you're just double tipping on, on everything. Yeah, thirty-three point three 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 percent of Team USA podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So you get to do one third of the uh, Team USA podcast. Right. So Team USA struggled in their win over Turkey, a ninety-three ninety-one win over Turkey in overtime that the team USA needed a lot of luck to just scrape by and get it there. They needed luck to send it to overtime uh, with Jason Tatum at the line going two of three to just send it to that point. They needed Turkey missing an absolute ton of free throws in overtime just to give them the one point win on a scale of like one to 10. How concerned are you about team USA after this one? I mean, I think the same level of concern that we had going into this one because this is what Team USA is, vulnerable to certain things. And one of those things was attacks from pick and rolls. And I think that showed itself a lot, and especially in the fouls. The, the U.S. defense was just not great. And a lot of times you see a, a guard penetrate. Two straight games you see guards penetrate. And what happened was a lot of fouls on the backside when guys overreacted to the penetration and is either a pass or a missed shot and a rebound. And that, that kept Turkey in the game. I saw some parallels to this past Celtics season, which I don't know if that bodes well for the four Celtics that are on the team this season who are there. Uh, because at the beginning of the game, it's you might forget that the Celtics the Celtics, well, the Celtics on the I mean, team yeah, it's basically the Celtics because right? they scored like the first seven points. But the Team USA looked dominant. They were they were rolling out to a nice, easy early lead. Miles Turner was dominating Shemirden in there in the lane. It was it was kind of easy, and I think Team USA relaxed, thinking it was going to be easy, and then that just let Ursan Ilyasova get confidence and get hot and other guys got hot. And once you give a team confidence, especially a team like Turkey, that's not great, but they've got some NBA level talent on there. Then things get difficult. And those guys are familiar with the FIBA game. Team USA is still not. And that's a recipe for disaster. I think that team USA can do a lot better 
if they come out with the mindset of crush, kill, destroy from the beginning and ball movement, defense, communication, they should be able to assert themselves right out of the gate. And if they can carry that through, they can they can build big leads. They I think they stopped trying as hard and tried to turn it on later. And it just wasn't there. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of things that watching this were just just huge concerns. Uh, you know, for uh, for Turkey, Ilyasova put up twenty three and fourteen. Like that's that's the guy you want taking those shots in an NBA game against NBA players and attempting to do that. And you kind of get that desirable outcome here, and it doesn't really work. So uh, the the defense and them not being just as good or as as sharp as they should have been, I think, was kind of surprising. You had Jetty Osmond coming in and just scoring almost at will. Over over Turner at times, or Miles Turner at times, and that was kind of surprising to see too, and I don't know, man, the offense looks bad. There's like no other way to put it. The ball movement, as you said, just doesn't exist, Yeah, and I, I'm not sure. This was a team that they've kind of built as a bit of a deeper Team USA than we've had maybe in years past, or maybe that just is a way to kind of spin this all well. If it's deep, you should be passing the ball around, but it's not. You really have just Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum as your go-to scorers on this roster. Yeah, I think, and and this is another parallel to the Celtics team from this past season. You, they've got 12 players on this team that are, most of them are somewhat equal talent. So obviously you got Kemba and Donovan Mitchell that are the higher-end talent, Jason Tatum, You've got some guys that are on the lower end talent, so you might maybe your uh, Joe Harris type players, but not so much lower. You know what I mean? Like no, they're, they're, all of these guys are guys you would probably like to have on your team, right. whatever team you root for, right. in whatever role these guys normally fill. You'd be like, yeah, like I'd love Joe Harris. You know, right. I think everyone feels comfortable with those kind of guys. Right. So when you've got a lineup out there of five guys that are relatively equal in talent. What happened, what, what I saw and what we saw in Boston last year was when things are going down the tubes and it's starting to get away from you, you get away from the ball movement and you start to stand around and be like, just clapping, like, give me the ball, give me the ball, my turn, my turn. I got this. I got this. The confidence of these guys to do it themselves kind of betrays them. Because it's the same level of confidence that Kevin Durant has or LeBron James has, not the same level of talent. And so these guys think they can go do it themselves, but they can't necessarily. And I think we saw that like Jason Tatum was very good for stretches. And then he went on some isolation binges where he couldn't quite finish. And he's just not there yet. Maybe in two, three years, he'll develop into that. He's not there yet. And what Team USA needs in those moments is not five guys or four guys standing there waiting for the ball so they can go individually try to save the team. They need four guys to be moving and creating opportunities and not caring if they're the one that gets the open shot. Just everybody needs to be moving and cutting and tearing that zone apart, especially that zone defense that seems to bother them so much. Just keep cutting back door, sending somebody to the free throw line that can pass, that's comfortable there, and cutting behind him and, and really making that defense pay. And why I emphasize pass is 
Miles Turner was the guy flashing to the free throw line, and I don't think he's comfortable in that role. So they need to figure out what are they going to do when it's a 2-3 zone? Who are they going to send to that free throw line? And can they get guys moving behind that? That's how they're going to do this. That's how they're going to make this happen. they got to get out of their own way and out of their own heads and stop trying to be like super like heroes here. They, they've got to play a, a team brand of basketball to make this less of a heart attack. So you mentioned something in that that I think also helps that a little bit too. Or, or maybe hurts them, and it's that zone defense that Turkey threw at them that really kind of seemed to throw off Team USA a little bit. And one of the ways you kind of break that zone defense is you shoot out of it, you shoot over it. And Team USA did not shoot particularly well. Kemba was particularly bad on the night till overtime, uh, going 5 of 14 from the field. They shot, I think it was under 39% from the field overall, 36% from three, which isn't bad, but you probably need to do better. They took 39 threes in this one compared to 28 from Turkey. A little bit more variance goes their way. You could easily win by six, seven points potentially based off of one, two, or three shots. So I don't think... It's as bad, like you say, this isn't the biggest concern. I don't think it really kind of changes our level of concern, even if it was just a one-point win in overtime. Yeah, um, I I think part of what what these guys need to deal with is the adversity of uh, especially recovering from missing shots and um, how do you – how do you run an offense when the jump shots aren't falling? Um, they need guys like Joe Harris to to do what he did. Uh, his his big offensive rebound and put back was huge. Oh, it was huge, huge. Uh, his steal, like Joe Harris on the team specifically to to shoot over the top of zones, helped win this game, save this game with an offensive rebound and put back and a steal and layup. Um, they need guys to step up in the in in that manner. Uh, uh, to me, it just all boils back down to what I was saying before. Uh, it's ball movement. It's defense. They, r- number one, my number one priority here is is the defense. Um, and from a Celtics perspective, I'm, I need Marcus Smart to do more. Uh, they need to run a better offense without Kemba Walker on the floor because that's that just hasn't worked. Uh, I think Marcus Smart's going to be a, a really good backup point guard for the Celtics in the NBA. FIBA, for some reason, it's not it's not working the same way, and I think it's because they're they're really having trouble with that zone. They, I, I just want this team to buckle down defensively, communicate, move, really really shore up that pick and roll defense, and then on offense, movement, just just attack, movement, and 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 really make them pay the two, three zone is a high school defense. Yep. (laughs) It doesn't work normally. You should be able to destroy a high school defense. And I get that it's elite level players and maybe not NBA elite level players. I was was going to say to some degree, right? Like (laughs) there's like an asterisk on that. Sure. But I mean, I, no, but I get Whatever. what you're saying. It's, you know what I mean. You, sh- you should be able to do this. They they didn't gr- learn from this, grow from it, and just you know, it's more or less just be better next game because you guys kind of are. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. 
you mentioned something which we'll touch on in the next segment, and it kind of ties into something that the Brazil coach said and something we saw from that game, which I think is kind of interesting. But before we get to that, NFL season starts this week, which means the Crossover Wednesday podcast is back. For the entire NFL regular season, you're going to get a special episode every Wednesday as the host from Opposing Sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast from and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment on the Locked On NFL podcast. So, John, you were talking about how FIBA is a bit of a different game and maybe these NBA players aren't particularly uh, used to it and just adjusting to it. And you kind of saw it with the no goaltending call by Brazil, uh, by Anderson Verja, who kind of swatted that away to really win Brazil the game over Greece. But their coach, the Greece's coach, came out and said something a little bit interesting, which you seem to have a lot of thoughts on. Oh, the uh, the um, swatting away of the free throw is. I think that's crap. I think that's <laughs> really. Yeah, I, oh, I I hate it. I hate it. Like the the swatting away of the free throw, kind of. Like I'm okay with the FIBA rule of the um, that that's what you're talking about, right? The mm-hmm. the so the FIBA you can't rule do that of, in the NBA. You can do it in FIBA. Right. Like the goaltending rules are a little bit different. Right. So the goaltending rule, if the ball is on the rim, you can swat it away, which is fine in the course of a game. The, that's the rule. Fine, not a problem. You can't. You still can't block it once it hits the 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 backboard. You can't pop it out from the underneath. But if it's on the rim, it's fair game. Yeah, there's but, no cylinder, essentially. Right. But on a free throw, you have committed yeah, a foul. Okay. You know what I mean? No, so, thinking about it, you're right. It's like a different kind of play. I exactly. Hadn't, I hadn't thought about it like that. Like, there, no one's actively trying to defend you, so maybe you just need to let that shot either make or be a miss. Exactly. Okay. That's a penalty. It's a penalty. To me, I see it as a penalty. I fouled you. So the punishment is you get two chances to make one point each. And so you that should be your that that's the penalty. So you don't you shouldn't get to like erase half of your penalty. So you get two shots, you make one. I shouldn't be able to be like, "Oh, I'm going to make up for this by just swatting away one." If that's the case, then you just do that. You just keep fouling because on, on the off chance that it's not a swish, you just swat it away. So there should be some sanctity to the this is a penalty. You are being punished by giving the other team two shots. So I, I, I just think that play was is, is that, OK. That's fair. I guess also those are the type of like intricacies of this tournament that maybe some of the NBA Americans don't really understand or just aren't used to because when I watch that I'm like what the hell just happened and then you kind of go back and remember what the rules are for this and it's just a little bit different it's kind of jarring to watch it a little bit because you're like you shouldn't be doing that although in general I'm in favor of their goaltending rules yeah that's fine keeping with it the Brazil coach uh who helped uh you know who coached them to that win uh, had a couple of interesting things to say about Giannis, who had 13 points in this one, but he did foul out, saying, why this sport is wonderful. You have a guy who won MVP, he's 23 <laughs> years old, and who stops him tonight? The guy who is 40 and kicks his ass. 
I, I kind of like it because <laughs> it did a good like look. The the end result is kind of the end result, and it was Alex Garcia for Brazil, who's thirty nine, did a pretty good job. Giannis only with thirteen and fouling out. You've got to be thrilled with that result. You think though a different take yeah. on this? Well, I think that <laughs> it's it wasn't just Alex Garcia. I mean, they it, it was a lot of guys. And this was Greece, not the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, I don't think this trash talking was quite appropriate. Like, it's there's it's a Giannis. lot of trash talking in this tournament, by the way, by oh. coaches. Um, oh yeah, it's it, unbelievable. It's a different world. It's a different world out there. The coaches will talk all the crap, and that's fine. Like, I'm not saying like don't talk your trash, but like don't be stupid about it too, because like he's got Giannis has got some a couple of decent players on his team, but nobody of real note. Like it's to the point where I just sat there and watched Jason Tatum roll his ankle. And I, I don't mind that one of the Celtics is out there playing because you can roll an ankle playing, doing whatever. But Giannis is such a target that I appreciate. Now I'm Greek. So I appreciate him representing Team Greece. Like I, I, if any team is out there that I'm rooting for besides Team USA, it's Greece. But like, don't kill this guy by putting him out there, and you just see them swarming him at every turn. Like, it, it's disingenuous to say some 39 year old just just thwarted him at every turn. There's an entire team that's targeting him and there's no Chris Middleton there's no Lopez there was no Brogdon there's none of those guys that made what Milwaukee was there's none of that on the Greek team there's there are guys that can get hot but like you just swarm Giannis he took seven shots like Giannis should be taking 20 shots not seven uh so you can talk your crap if you want uh, but like, eh, it it doesn't it rings hollow to me. It, it it rings hollow when you go into more of what he said too, which was we showed that we have several players who can stop Giannis. Which like, no, not re- not really. There's Come NBA on. players who can't do it. And he goes, yesterday I was more occupied. You're gonna have to help me with the names, probably. Uh, sure. With with Slukas and Prezetsis. <laughs> and that's what happened today. He goes, I was preparing this game. A lot of pe- when I was preparing for this game, a lot of people talked and joked about how to stop Giannis. I have for six months in my head since the semifinal between Toronto and Milwaukee how to stop him. The problem for to- for us tonight was these two other guys. So this dude six months ago, which is wrong on the timeline, of course, had sure. the way to stop Giannis and just shut him down. And was more concerned about the two other guys who don't play in the NBA, which seems a little odd given one is a 23-year-old MVP. And also, if this dude is 100% correct in what he's saying, he wouldn't be coaching. He'd be coaching in the NBA. You'd have teams lining up, particularly Eastern Conference teams, lining up to hire this guy. I don't know. Maybe it's like crazy like a fox and they should. But no. 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 (laughs) You're just like, no. 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 So the names, by the way, Costas Lucas. And uh, what was the other one? Yorgos Printesis. Uh, so that was good. That was like authentic I, there. Yeah, I got the accent, man. Yeah, I got the, I got the old Greek. My father, Greek, took with the accent to make the pizza. So um, I 
it's one thing to throw zones and swarm a star player. I think the lesson here is that one guy can't do it alone if the rest of his team is not particularly great. Uh, one guy can carry a team of decent players, marginally good players, like LeBron uh, a couple of years ago, you know, carrying a team of like nobodies to the NBA Finals. But one of those nobodies is Rodney Hood, who ended up turning things around, was okay before that, and ended up being okay after that. And in this level of FIBA, like Rodney Hood on Team Greece would be a god. And we saw like Patty Mills, if you know how to play FIBA basketball, like Patty Mills was a god. I just watched Ursan Ilyasova, who was okay, who's been okay in the NBA, just destroy Team USA. Like it's just a different style of basketball. It's just different. So you can throw Brazil's coach, uh, Alexandra Petrovic, out there in the NBA, and he would probably go 5-73, and 73. you know? Is, yeah. Does that work out? Is that, uh, does those numbers work it, out? It, it counts. Yeah, sure. 74? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's just kind <laughs> of funny. math is not my strength. No, we don't need that. We talk basketball, not numbers. Um, even though we like stats, but the other thing, which is when you were saying it's a different world and the head coach is talking tons of trash, Serbia, which has a pretty good team filled with some NBA guys on there, their coach in reference to team USA said, let's let them play their basketball and we'll play ours. And if we meet, may God help them. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I, that's kind of, like, I don't know if it's trash talk or, or like a threat or something, but man, it's, it, like you said, it's a different world. I'll, and I'll say this, these, these European teams, these, these foreign teams, these South American teams we're you know, there's a, a saying, I don't know if you're a Simpsons guy. Have we talked about this? There's not, a, not really, but a, no. enough maybe. The, the joke even made into the Simpsons where Homer's dealing with rage and he's like, he says, oh, no, I'm just passionate like all us Greeks. Like all of us for around the world, like the U.S. for all of its craziness is a lot more subdued than the wild maniacs that are in sports around the world. And this dramatic flair, may God help them, is just pure drama like this flair for this crazy, like people are just so emotional outside it's, of the U.S. You think we're crazy in the U.S.? You think fans here get nuts? Like that, that just, it's hilarious to me, but like, spare me, spare me. <laughs> what? Uh, well, we'll see if they match up and how that goes, because they're probably two of the better teams in this tournament so we're going to touch on another topic here that has to do with lebron james and the infamous taco tuesday before we get to that though the season is fast approaching i think as of today it is 48 days till the first regular season game get geared up for the season with the locked on nba podcast which you're listening to but you've got to make sure you've subscribed to it that you tune in every day to find out all that's going on around the association monday through friday coming at you like no one else is in the business 
All right, so in Tuesday's Locked On NBA, they do a buy and sell segment, and they sold this idea, as they rightfully should have, and that's LeBron James filing a trademark for Taco Tuesday, which I'm, I'd be happy if I never heard of again, um, for mainly just podcasting kind of promotional things. It's not like you can never say this, and he has a trademark on it. He's just clearly going to do some sort of Taco Tuesday podcast. I can think. Uh, I can't think of many things I like w- would not want to listen to more than that. So we're going to help some NBA players come up with some other podcasts that maybe we'd like a little bit more, or maybe that we'd like better than a Taco Tuesday podcast. And I know John, you've got one. Yes, I've got. I think a good troll, a, a perfect troll podcast. James Harden doing a travel podcast. <laughs> Okay, a straight, serious, traveling around the world, going to different places, but just calling it traveling with James Harden would be a great troll title for a podcast. Yeah, I mean, that's that's perfect. Can you imagine like the publicity he would get if it's like traveling with James Harden in the first episode? and You're like, what is this going to be? And then it's just talking about where he went over like the summer and doing like a serious like travel log like breakdown, right? Absolutely. I think that would be perfect. Uh, so I, I have a couple. I, I think you got to keep it with the Lakers, too. I'd like a podcast from Dwight Howard. I don't know what we would call it, maybe. <laughs> and there's kind of like two ideas you can go with it. We can have the Candyland podcast, yeah. where he just plays a game of Candyland with one player, uh, one of his teammates every week, and he like really analyzes the game. We all know his love of candy is what led him to leave the Lakers and go to the Houston Rockets in the first place. So it's kind of a way of tying it all back together. Board games are popular now. He can do like his board game podcast called Candyland with Dwight Howard. Or what about like an alternate reality, like an alternate history type of podcast, like Man in the High Castle, if you guys know that show or the book. And it's him talking about him being a horrible teammate on the Lakers, which we know he's kind of under watch and he's been warned. So he won't be this year, but let's go down a rabbit hole where he just tells us how he would have been a horrible teammate. (laughs) Just get it out of your system that way. We all want to know, right? We all want to see that other than Lakers fans want to see the Dwight Howard stuff implode as much as I kind of like Dwight Howard and he's become kind of sympathetic. Still want to know how badly it could go. We all love watching train wrecks. I so disagree that Dwight Howard is sympathetic. Like, Dwight Howard's career (laughs) has been this big, like, Hansel and Gretel following candy around the league. Like, this is where I'm rooting for, like, the witch. You know, Hansel and Gretel where, like, (laughs) she catches the kid, like, cooks the kid. Like, I'm rooting for the – like, I'm done with Dwight Howard. So, yeah, uh, I I would think – the only uh, name I could come up with for a Dwight Howard show would be the ultimate Kevin Garnett uh, trash talking to Dwight Howard, where he turned to him once and said, paint your face, clown. And Wait, so did he really do that? <laughs> he did. He turned to Dwight Howard in a game and said, paint your face, clown. So I would call a Dwight Howard podcast the paint your face, clown podcast. That's pretty good. I've never heard that story. All oh, the, every my God, time I hear like a new Kevin Garnett story, it's like one of my favorite things ever because they are just like they're off oh. the wall wild. 
but he's dead serious about all of this stuff. Do you ever hear the what this now we're getting kind of over? Maybe you can confirm or deny this one for me. I forget where I heard this. It might have been on TV somewhere that he was watching like one of those singing or dancing reality shows and at one like with a bunch of his teammates and he got so into it when like someone got kicked off that he just walked to a wall like headbutted the wall and screamed at the wall <laughs> about how the guy getting kicked off just didn't want it enough and you've got to want it more than that and his teammates were like what the hell is this dude doing and like why are we playing on a team with him but that's like the level of intense that he was right i i i can confirm the level of intensity <laughs> but i cannot confirm that story um that's i don't think i made that up so at least um, I, it's got to be out there somewhere it, i'll have to search that i i feel like i've heard a lot about kevin garnett that one is not something that I've ever heard of. So that may be made up, but it's kind Sounds of realistic. plausible. It's something that you would think, yeah, sure. I, I If you told yeah. me that was true, I would, I would believe it, but I don't think it's true. Uh, my, my favorite thing about Kevin Garner, like I'll always say there has been, I don't know how many years he was in the league, 13, 14, 15, whatever it was. In all of that time, how many times was somebody mic'd up around him that couldn't be used? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I feel point. like, and having spent many years in the television industry, I guarantee you that this is true. That somebody at NBA Entertainment, somebody in Secaucus, New Jersey. It's not like a an, flash drive somewhere, just like a editor, treasure trove. Yes, someone who has edited these things together has a secret folder of Kevin Garnett things that can never see the light of day, but he has compiled them or she has compiled them to show friends and coworkers, but can't, it can't be revealed publicly. I absolutely 1 million percent with all of my heart believe that this is the case. And someday I want that Holy grail folder, that thumb drive to be released so we can hear all of the crazy things that Kevin Garnett said as he was blacked out in a rage on the basketball court. So, mystery person, if you listen to the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA, we would love to interview on here. Jeez. We can grant a, a, a – we'll make you anonymous. I don't know what word yeah. it is. Um, yeah, there we go. We'll do like the pixelation of the voice thing. We'll modulate the voice. Oh, yeah, whatever voice you want to have, we will get for you. Yeah, like, yeah, that kind of thing. We'll totally do that. So this was a segment that was supposed to be about podcast names, and it quickly yeah, just devolved into so making much fun better. of Dwight Howard and talking about how kind of awesome, in a, in a scary way, Kevin Garnett is. And that's probably as good of a spot as any to wrap up the Wednesday edition of Locked <laughs> on NBA. Uh, thank you all for listening on Wednesdays. I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales. You can find me on Twitter, Reds Army underscore John, and I co-host the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back with you all next week.